Hello, my name is Declan Deneen. Welcome to Checkpoints. This is a show about video games, the people who play them and the people who make them. Each episode, a guest on the show talks about the games that have shaped their life in one way or another. Games that have inspired them, games that have forged connections, and games that have soothed wounds. My guest on today's episode is Erica LaHaye. Erica is a developer and a video game artist. Um, I'm a huge fan of her work on The Strider Dial. It's such a, an incredibly beautiful game. Um, and it, it's just it's a really good chat. I had a thoroughly brilliant time chatting with Erica, uh, largely because we had a lot of kind of similar interests in games. We, but like there's a real long chat about the Tony Hawk series, which is uh, a series very close to my heart. Um, and yeah, it's a thoroughly entertaining, wonderful chat. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, and I'll keep this relatively brief because my, my voice is a little bit scratchy, as you can possibly tell. Uh, it also is in the interview as well. I don't think it's too distracting, though. I think it's fine. Um, so it, uh, just the admin stuff, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can. It's checkpointspodcast at gmail.com, or it's at checkpointshow on Twitter, or it's checkpointspodcast on Facebook. It's very important to have consistent branding. Um, if you really like the show, uh, you can support the show on Patreon, I guess. <laughs> Patreon has been uh, doing some really making some very bad decisions recently so i'm not sure how this is going to pan out in the future but for the moment it's patreon.com uh, forward slash checkpoints um i may try and figure out a new solution to that in the new year because uh, it's basically they're, they're very much discouraging small donations uh, they, they only want big money um because of a weird round of venture capital funding and um, there has been like a significant kind of outcry so i'm hoping they'll back down or figure out something different but um for the moment, that's what it is, and uh, we'll see how that goes in the future. Thanks, as always, for downloading the show, and please do subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, um, share the show on social media, tell friends about it. You know, I'm really keen to build the audience of the show. If this happens to be your first episode, dig back into the archives. There's a whole bunch of amazing chats with amazing people. Uh, I'll be back next week, as always, with a new episode and a new guest, but until then... Let's get on with the show. Okay, so Erica, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, if you don't mind, would you introduce yourself? Oh, okay. Well, hi, my name is Erica LaHaye and I am a... What am I? Uh... <laughs> Uh, game developer, illustrator, artist, concept artist, so many other things. I, I just tend, I tend, generally tend to go to illustrator because that's something that people understand and yeah. all of the little things that fall under the umbrella are too complicated and I never want to have to explain them. So. <laughs> I mean, but um, that is kind of, the, I, I was actually, I had a meeting with someone earlier and we were discussing the same thing. Like if you're involved in any kind of creative industry, uh, you know, recently you kind of have to do a bit of everything like nobody nobody is a, a specific kind of role now everybody does a little bit of everything yeah in at least in in the 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 scene that i hang around with i guess it's everyone wears many hats um yeah it's the, the most common expression for that i guess but um 
even yeah even when i'm not like working in in directly in games and stuff i'm just like working on my own it's like well, oh I, the the type of stuff that i could that i could be illustrating for people kind of varies pretty wildly so yeah i mean and, and it's like i haven't had too many kind of i mean illustrators illustrator would be i guess your main kind of pillar and i've not spoken to too many illustrators i don't think i'm hoping i'm not insulting people um like i spoke to uh dominique Falland, who i'm sure you're familiar with mm-hmm. being a uh, local Montreal scene-ster. Um yeah. and and it's, it's really interesting because like actually I spoke to someone this morning uh, this um Richard Frank do you have Richard Frank he's uh the, as far as I know the only game developer slash drag queen and he makes a video game called Kitty Powers dating simulator that's not what it's called it's got a better name than that <laughs> Um, but he he spent he was a he got into video games through illustration and drawing and then ultimately went mm. on to he he worked on a, a lot of the Burnout games and then went off to make his own um, studio and stuff. But it's cool. a really interesting part of it because it's it's one of the things I think most people is one of the, one of the most easiest things to identify with initially. You know, when you first get hooked on games, it's it's, it's how they look. Mm. I, that's that's what I that's what I tried to to. to to put my my best foot forward i guess when it comes to that stuff is like okay well this is the part that i'm responsible for i would (laughs) like for people to approach this and be like oh wow this is neat and um hopefully you've accomplished that i don't know oh absolutely yeah some of the some of the work you've done is is incredible um and we will come to this Uh, but let's let's meander back first um so erica if you can remember what was your very first experience of a video game uh my first experience of a video game was getting having my uncle drop off a bunch of crap at our house and one of them being uh, his old master system and plugging that in and being like, wow, what is this weird red and black box my it was actually my dad who hooked it up and was like actually i want to i want to i want to mess around with this because we we played this when we were kids um and he plugged it into the tv and um it took me years to actually figure out what the game was because i could i didn't i was too young to remember what the game was um we only had one game and it was uh it was um a zillion for the master system um, and I was too young to figure out what to do to get past the first level, but I played it for hours regardless, trying to figure out how to get past the first level because I was too young to figure out what like a key card system was. I don't even um, know what that game is. And like, that's like the, you made me feel extraordinarily old, um, in doing that, which is, is difficult cause I'm not that old, but like the mass system was my, my first console. That was the, my first kind of introduction to video games. And to hear, like you say, oh, my dad said, oh, we used to play on that when we were younger. That's crazy. But I, I'm not familiar with that game at all. Like, what? What is? Do you remember anything about it? Um, Zillion, if I remember correctly, is like it's a it's a game based off an anime, I believe. Um, and I don't remember too much about it, but it's like a it's like a 2D side scrolling platformer slash shooter that um, is not that great. But I I don't know. Like going like I, eventually when I remembered, like oh fuck, that's what that game is. Um, I. I ended up like looking up and then playing it again and then being like, actually, this is kind of like, this doesn't play well, but it's all right. Like, I like it. <laughs> um, 
and that is always the case when you go back to old stuff which i've I've found to my like speaking to people on the show and they sort of uh talk wistfully about these amazing games where they played as a kid and you go back and play them you're like oh no this is terrible now but at the time i'm sure it was the best yeah generally that's that's how it goes well i don't know the the like with um our master system also came with the um i forget what it's called the the whatever sega's equivalent of the the nintendo zapper was um oh the 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 blaster was it just called the blaster was it just it was the blaster the light gun or something yeah i was um, so cool um but (laughs) there is still fun to be had probably with the like safari hunt game that played when you turned the console on and there was no cartridge in the slot but did you um, not have alex kid in miracle world no i i I, I understand that that was a launch game for that console, but it was that not was the that. the inbuilt game that that came with. Uh, oh really? Okay, my, no, not with ours. System. Ours was um, ours was it was Safari Hunt and Hang On, I think. Oh, crazy! It was like a, it was like a duo, and uh, eventually we got rid of that master system. But I ended up getting one of my own later, um, and that one doesn't have any built-in games on it. But I have That's a crazy. cartridge for. For Safari Hunt and Hang On, um, so I, le- I have that set up back at least. But. It's called the Light Phaser, which makes it even Light cooler. Fa- oh, that's so much cooler, <laughs> it is, isn't I, it? I could be wrong, but I think the Light Phaser is also the gun that the character uses in the Zillion anime. Oh, okay, um, okay. But, oh man, yeah. it looks so good. It's such a cool looking gun. Anyway, anyway, so so whereabouts um, in the in the the world is this? you have these first formative game experiences um in once in in what sense are you like, as in like geographically just where are you oh uh this, i've i've been in i've been in montreal my whole life um well that's not true I, I grew up in like um a small like suburb outside of montreal that is a very unimportant and boring city <laughs> um but uh and was yeah. it like, was it just, um, like you mentioned, like your dad originally sort of hooked up the mass system. Was it, uh, was gaming a thing you did as a family? Like, have you got siblings that played with you or was it just, this is your thing? Uh, my sister occasionally played with it, but I think my, at the time my sister more played with it because it was something that I was doing and it was the, the sibling jealousy thing of like, I, you're doing a thing that I'm not doing. So I want to do that now. Yeah. Um, but like eventually we like we we both got into video games pretty hard. My my mom didn't play any games and my dad was the kind of thing that was like, I kind of remember this. I'll spend thirty minutes doing this and then move on to napping or whatever else I have to do. <laughs> um, but, but was um, it was it formative for you though? Like I mean, was that kind of you? This is a thing I love now. I'm always into video games. Like was it always around growing up? Oh yeah, it it super was. Like I. I, I remember getting really vividly upset when we got rid of that of that system. Um, even though by the time like we had other consoles in the house by then, but um, I I played that thing a lot until uh, that was around the time that the PlayStation One had just come out, and uh, in in an effort to do less parenting, I guess my dad was like, "All right, well I'll go out and buy one of these for you," and got a PlayStation One. And that I, the train has been rolling since. I guess <laughs> I haven't left the TV since. And but like you mentioned, that your sister was kind of uh, wanted to do it because you were into it. But like, did you have 
like friendship groups with the like relationships you formed around games at that time yeah um my so when where i grew up in in my hometown i was actually just like a block away from my elementary school and um as as an effort to keep busy and make extra money and stuff my mom started a, a daycare at our house and during like lunchtime or after school if there were kids that couldn't get picked up from school because their parents were still at work or something, they would, my, my mom would say, okay, we'll come to my house and go to our house and we'll take care of you and, you know, make a little bit of money off of that also. And we would go over for like lunch and stuff. Um, oh, nice. No, so you had to but, share it with everyone. Yeah. So as a result, like coming back from school, we would be, I don't know, like, like eight to 10 kids or something in the basement, like crowded around the PlayStation, like taking turns and, and, doing you know like like winter stays on and all of that stuff with like i don't know like tekken and crash team racing and like a whole bunch of multiplayer games um and that sounds kind of either really good or really bad depending on who the other kids were yeah it's kind of both <laughs> <laughs> really. um but there were some there were some good fun friendships that were formed and like there was a lot of like really fun competitive moments but then there was also like Oh, this is the kid that is that is here, and we do not get along with very well. And playing games with playing games with them is is maybe a bit of trouble because they're too they're too violent or they're too loud or they're yeah. just really annoying. And um, and was yeah. it like I'm always curious. Like I mean, you're not much younger than me. I don't think. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> um. I know my birthday is coming up later this month, and for the life of me, I can't remember how old I am. Oh, come on. You must know how old you are. No, it's, it's, so the thing is that I'm bored at the very end of 1989, so I can't do simple math to figure it ah, out. I okay, can't be okay, like, okay. oh, this day minus this day equals blah, blah, blah because of the year. It's like it's at so close to the end of the year that the math never works out the way I want it to. So <laughs> I'll I'm, see you like 28, 29 then. 27, I think. 27. Okay, so there, think... you're almost 10 years younger than me. But um, okay, <laughs> so I wonder if that makes a difference because, like, certainly for me, growing up, like, video games were extraordinarily niche. Like, they were a classic kind of nerd pursuit, along with like comic books and mm. whatever. Um, but for for me, anyway, like, and definitely in the UK, the PlayStation was a real turning point where it became games became cool. Like, they were very specifically marketed in fact at like being the cool new thing like, using stuff like wipeout and putting playstations in nightclubs and stuff like yeah. did you have that experience or was it just was everyone into games it wasn't quite as niche a thing anymore no it did definitely still was that at the time like it was it was not just with the playstation specifically but also with like certain games on the playstation where it was like oh man we have to go over to we have to go over to julian's house because he has final fantasy 7 and it's it's nuts you have to go see that and uh or or i was the kid that had all the tony hawks pro skater games so oh my god come over and we would we would play those and it was like yeah it was that kind of thing of like oh yeah video games have been kind of kind of around but like it's like i think of it now i i, I think of it how I remember it back then is almost how I think of it now of like, um, since I grew up mostly like I grew up primarily with like, with, with the PlayStation and stuff like, um, the, the NES SNES era just like doesn't exist for me. Like to me, it's either like just in my mind of like video game history, it's either like Atari and, and 
Coleco and like the ZX Spectrum and all that stuff, and then immediately just goes to PlayStation. Um, so like to us, it was just like I don't know all the games before that. That was all like like that was my my dad stuff. Like that's all boring. <laughs> oh, come games. on, like, stop it! Um, I, you're breaking whatever. my heart. We had <laughs> we had Gran Turismo. What did my what did my dad have at the time? Well, um, granted, the games did get much better, but Super Nintendo is still one of the greatest consoles ever. Yeah, obviously, like, as I grew up and, like, started to understand, like, you know, the greater history of games, I would come to appreciate all those games later on. And the PlayStation, the PlayStation is a weird one. Like, I'm always a bit, the PlayStation and the kind of Saturn, I was, uh, that kind of era of, like, very early 3D games, like, Mm -hmm. they, they all kind of birthed incredible franchises, but I don't know how many truly great PlayStation 1 games there are. I think PlayStation 2 is probably one of the best, but, like, you know, it's good because that's where Tony Hawk started. Tony Hawk's is an immensely like important video game kind of milestone in my life. I love those games, but yeah, me too. The best ones were all on the PlayStation Two, like and Metal Gear as well. Metal Gear is probably one of the exceptions of being a still an amazing game, but um, yeah. And Final Fantasy VII, okay, but well, maybe I'm I'm arguing against myself, mate. Yeah, I it, I mean that's I think that gets into a pretty um like subjective discussion ultimately of like what yeah, is a good you know what is a true great ps1 game or whatever like i would make an argument that like parasite eve is one of the one of the best like playstation one games ever but i could understand someone being like no the controls in that game are like hot garbage and also the story makes no sense and i would have to be like yeah you're kind of right but also (laughs) also yo did you see that 3d map of new york city like it looks so real um (laughs) i think that i think that's always why i kind of look back on them less fondly it's that kind of that early foray into 3D that kind of didn't quite gel yet. Um, and I always find them ex- really ugly looking back, like that kind of era and the Nintendo 64 and stuff. Um, yeah, the, I I have like a weird, I don't know, I think I have a weird nostalgia for that. Oh, I, I, would course, as, yeah. I would assume it's 100% because I grew up with it, but like I have a, a, a kind of a nostalgia for that that look of just like the weird, you know, texture boiling like vertice shaking that would happen because like playstation one games couldn't calculate floating points and stuff so all the characters would like jitter weird when the camera would turn and um like there, there's a style to that that i think is cool and could be revisited in interesting ways but then yeah like a lot of that a lot of that stuff doesn't hold up super well like you know like you go back and play final fantasy and it's or final fantasy 7 and it's you remember it being this, this incredibly cinematic thing and it's oh, these characters are actually just weird colored blobs <laughs> that animate super weird and also this game is kind of poorly written and racist <laughs> oops um, um well like i mean let's talk a bit about that then so like are there kind of games that stand out from this period that kind of that, that are formative to you that kind of you know because that especially because that's one of the earliest consoles you had like Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting to kind of, I guess, because of the nature of the show, like a lot of people I've spoken to have been similar to my age or, or slightly older. So the kind of the journey through games is quite an interesting one because we've all kind of grown up with them in terms of, you know, when I was really young, it was all very basic 2D sprites. And then by the time I got to like my teens, that's when 3D happened and stuff. So, but to sort of come in straight away at 3D, I think that's quite interesting. Anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. The the the. I, it's. 
I wish I had a cooler, more niche answer to it. But ultimately, the, I think the game that ended up defining me the most from that era was probably the Tony Hawk games. Um, just like I was at the I was at the right age for the the like cultural boom that came from those games. Um, like. Like skateboarding became skateboarding became popular because of like entirely because of those games. And Absolutely. I was like I was a hundred percent in that where it was like, oh now the music from these games is all that I listen to. I I now have a full skateboard like kit and I go out to skate at the at the weird like concrete dip next to the pharmacy with my friends and we hang out there and skate for hours because we all wanted to do what we would do in tony hawk and that's amazing so you um, actually like you actually did go out and skate off the back of it yeah and i it's that stuck with me more than i think most things end up sticking with me that i pick up from other stuff like there's a lot of like oh i here's a thing that i've picked up from general like media that I consume and you know you, you start getting into it and eventually you're like oh actually I have a I have a life and things that already occupy my time I'm not gonna stick with it but that one stuck with me for a, a really long while so do you still skate now I don't know um that pretty much that stopped pretty much when I moved out um or I guess a little bit early before that stopped I guess once like I got into like the, the later years of, of high school and was like yeah. oh now I'm now I'm interested in you know hanging out on my friend's couch and and like watching movies or going out or you know sleeping man i um, wish i could skate like i think that's i think that's one of the reasons i love the tony hawks game so much because it's such a an awful unfulfilled fantasy of mine that i've never been able to actually skateboard but i'm really I, good at tony hawks <laughs> like really good i can still i can still pop a mean ollie but that's oh, about man. it by now <laughs> um been out of it by for so long that i think if i tried to do anything else i would fall flat on my face but um but yeah that 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 more or less like those games like more or less like defined what my 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 teen life outside of video games would end up being yeah um like ultimately when it came to 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 games itself like i would still play a pretty like varied amount of of stuff um like we would go like rent games at the video store nearby like every every weekend or something like that um i'm 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 gonna move on in a second but because i'm just excited that you're really into tony hawks because um, <laughs> i really get to talk about it as much as there's such an amazing series do you have like have you played them all yes do you have I've, a, pl I've i've played them all i have them all oh, um, do you have a favorite yes which is uh, your favorite Tony Hawk's Underground, which oh, is oh, that's a good shout. Which is there's there. I think you could order the list in multiple ways and have it be a a a, a valid argument. But I I stand by my opinion that I think Tony Hawk's Underground is the the peak of that franchise. Um, in that it was like that's when they perfectly refined the mechanics of just like skateboarding itself. I think getting off the board was like an important addition to yeah. chaining combos and a lot of people don't really remember it, but the story in that game is actually kind of cool. Um, That's where you like start off as a kid in a small town and you like trying to join skate teams and stuff, right? Yeah. And That's you, so good. Yeah. Uh, you start off as a, as a kid in a small town and try to get signed on as signed on to, to, 
to a company and like the whole crux of the game is that you end up doing this sweet like uh like cross building jump in hawaii um, mm. and film it on tape and you go to submit it to like one of the biggest skateboarding companies and your friend steals the tape and gets famous off of it and it's basically like a revenge story from that point and it's it's really good like yeah you no would, that says amazing think that the story like especially like you know now in in uh like you know madden kind of being the outlier this year i guess but like most games of that style trying to cram in a story of like now you have this career to go through or whatever and it's like super rote and kind yeah. of boring like that was it was actually like a really fun interesting story that had you know cameos from all these like pros from various like decades of skateboarding history um but all like they would all show up in the story not as like a check it out remember me i'm stacy peralta ah <laughs> um they were they actually like played like characters and were really good um Oh, that's so yeah, good. That's, that's by far my. I, I do wonder if your your kind of experience as as an actual skateboarder would would color how you enjoyed them. Like, I my personal favorite is Tony Hawk's Project Eight because it felt mm. just like the culmination of everything, and it's just it's just peak because like the games are built on iteration, and I'd never really considered the story before. Actually, I'd always just played it as an, an arcade, but it, that's an extremely valid point. But just Project Eight, I just everything seemed to be you could do anything and and I, I just loved the kind of i loved how complex it was as well how many different combinations of buttons did different things it just i yeah. enjoyed the mastery of it um, yeah project is really that i mean that was the first like true open world one that they did also like yeah. that was the thing that they 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 tied it with the american wasteland was like oh it's an open world but it was like no actually it's levels yeah. connected by tunnels that you have to skate through for 30 seconds for the next like area to load it was um, the first one I played on online as well, which was just a revelation. Mm. Like just four people doing the Natter spins on the same pole. Just amazing. Hilarity ensued. Tonax Underground 1 was the first one that I played online because I had the, the network adapter for, for PS2. And I got so into playing that game online that it eventually became like, um, it became like what, like i think games like destiny are to a lot of people now like myself oh, amazing even where it's like it's like a social hangout yeah totally um i was like i'm gonna pop into we're gonna create a server uh we're gonna call it the specific thing so that all of our friends know to join this one and we're just gonna pop into free skate and like we ended up i ended up my sister and i ended up buying a a, a usb keyboard for ps2 that we would plug in and then i never knew anyone who had this that's amazing um yeah but who were you? Who were you playing with though? Like, were there people you knew, or no? It was just people that like we would, I don't know, like meet online through that game, and then it was like, oh, you're kind of a fun person to talk to, and then we just kept kept in chatting touch. and stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Did, did any of those kind of friendships move into real life? Do you know what happened to any of those people, or was that just um, for that game? I ended up keeping in touch with one of my friends from there for a very long while until until we 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 just drifted apart but um my sister ended up dating someone that she met oh, no way. underground which yeah um which is really i that's not that's not a story for me to tell but like um yeah he lived in tennessee and she ended up like going to visit him like pretty often that's amazing um, and also yeah. a little bit terrifying but like that's it's super that's the it's super weird but yeah but that and that was like in the age before like absolutely that was a common thing right like i i 
most of my relationships have also been long distance relationships. And there was also, there was definitely like a, a period of time where you would cross the border and be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to visit so-and-so. And they were like, how do you know this person? You're like from the internet. And then they just like <laughs> side eye you and they're like, excuse me. We're on an, like, we're on a virtual skate team together. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so like, was there a, um, a point, I guess, where you started to think about maybe this is something you could do, or was there a game that made you think, I want to, I want to work in this field. I want to try and get, get into games. Weirdly enough, not really, not, not in, not in my formative years, at least. I think I, I, I hadn't really figured out, or maybe I guess the more accurate way to say it is that I, I wasn't really thinking back then of just yeah. like, what do I want to do? Um, like at the time I, 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 I was drawing, um, not super regularly or anything, but it was a thing. It was like a thing that I did enough that like friends and family would identify me by that of like, Oh, there's a person that draws in this family. Um, uh, it wasn't until I would get into like, I think the later years of high school where, I started thinking about like careers a bit more and then um, thinking like, oh, you know, I'm so into video games. It would probably make sense if I kind of connected the two dots here. Yeah. Um, I mean, did the, 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 the fact that you were so near to Montreal have any impact on that? Because Montreal has such a sort of vibrant game scene. It does now. I mean, at the time it didn't, it didn't like it, like when, when that was a thing that I was, starting to think about i don't think the scene in montreal was what it is now i mean like ubisoft still existed here idos still existed in some form i think yeah but just purely um, that just having like a big game company in town that makes such a big difference because it seems more of a tangible thing i think um i think if i actually lived downtown at the time it probably would i was still i was still off island by then so right, okay it, like whatever happened on montreal wasn't a thing that we were mostly like aware of um, but, um, it was something that I would like end up learning like more when I was in, in like early years of college was like, oh, okay, this is, there's actually an industry here and it's growing and it's growing in a way that will like help me find work here wherever I try to find it, I think, um, or whatever discipline I try to find it. The, the, the thing, the thing about it is that like, I really didn't think of it more, than just I want to work in games. Like I didn't have like a specific like. Yeah. Oh, I want to be a three D artist. I want to be a concept artist. I want to be a character artist or anything. Like I I was still so just vague and unconcentrated about the whole thing. So what did you um, what did you go to study in in college then? Did you have any kind of idea? Um, my first year of college, my first semester of college was at a college in my hometown, and I. Uh, flunked it because I couldn't get up early enough in the morning <laughs> to <laughs> go to my German class and the credits from that ended up costing me um, that semester. Um, so I took a year off and then I went back to I went to college in Montreal at uh, Dawson um, and there I wanted to I wanted to study 3D animation originally um, but I did not get into the program so they gave me my second option which was a program called illustration and design, which was originally meant to train students for, um, uh, editorial illustration and marketing. Um, 
so you would, in theory, when you would graduate from that program, you would go, you would become a freelance artist and, you know, do like, like illustrations for like the New Yorker or yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. magazine that is that industry for. that's just dying around you. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that, that is kind of the crux of that whole program was that as around my se- it was a three year program and in my second year, um, they started teaching us like, uh, they started t- teaching us 3d and after <laughs> effects and, uh, like graphic design and illustrator and all this stuff, because it was like, yeah, maybe editorial illustration is like a thing that does not matter anymore because it's a lot cheaper for a company to just go to Getty images or whatever and yeah, pay a absolutely. fee for a pretty picture and that's it. Um, they don't need to pay an artist, like commission an artist to do a really, you know, beautiful thing or, or whatever. Um, so they started training us slowly towards like, it ended up being like the, uh, the most spaghetti at the wall, like college program I'd ever seen. Just, it was like, we're going to teach you everything. It doesn't like whatever, whatever like discipline you end up going in, you'll at least have some footwork in it. Um, so it's like I learned, I learned how to paint traditionally. Like I had to reproduce uh, a painting. I had to reproduce the the girl with the pearl earring from Vermeer, uh, in in actual like canvas oh, painting, amazing. which was a nightmare. Um, I did you like, see that I, the the Tim's Vermeer thing about his, his yes cheating that, technique? Yes, that documentary is fascinating. It's so good, um, right? And also, it made me so. Unfathomably mad when I watched it <laughs> because our teacher was like an uh, an old crone who had like um he had uh uh, uh God, what's the um tenure at the college yes yes so he could kind of do whatever and no one could complain because he had been there for so long and he'd been in the program for so long um and he was convinced that teaching everyone like the old ways of art was the only way they were going to get work. Um, so we had to, we had to reproduce the girl with the pearl earring and we had to reproduce it the way that most traditional painters do portraits, which is like you, you start with like a, a base layer that is mid tones and then you add shadows onto it and then you add highlights onto it. And it's this very slow, like build of layers and layers and layers. Um, and it didn't help that I'm colorblind also, so I couldn't mix colors properly. Um, and that was like, it was a nightmare project. Cause it was like, I can't figure out what colors to make cause I can't mix them. Well, I don't understand this concept of layering on paint or whatever, because I've always painted in Photoshop and in there it's just, I, I, I paint something and then I add a layer on top of it and I set it to multiply and then I do shadows and that's it. Yeah. Um, and j- just was, sort of for, for people who perhaps aren't aware of it, Tim's Vermeer is a documentary by a pen and teller essentially. Um, and it, the way that they figured out that Vermeer, had, it was one of um, Pendulette's friends, and I can't think of the name of him, Tim something, Tim yeah. Jennison maybe, um, built, like recreated what, what Vermeer had created, which was essentially like using a, a camera obscura to kind of project a real life image. And then he just paint to match it, essentially, like traced it. Yeah. And that, that documentary is fascinating because the, uh, Tim does not know how to paint. He yeah, reproduces no, yeah. that painting with no painting skills whatsoever. It's just it's just a thing of like, yeah, it's a series of like mirrors set up where he's yeah. basically like looking onto a canvas with a, a lens that is 
projecting what he is seeing in like the room over or whatever and he's just like slightly tilting his head to the side to reproduce to match the color that is being shown you know on the lens and it's and that's why like they ended up figuring that out because a thing that ended up being like a defining style for Vermeer was that there's always like a weird um uh what what I guess we know now as like um uh 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 oh the term is on the tip of my tongue um chromatic aberration okay um where you you'll have like a slight offset of like blue uh, like the uh the blue channel on colors which make gives that kind of like yellow blue tint to the edges um and that happens when you are viewing something through a unrefined lens because it's not mixing the it's not reflecting refracting the colors properly so you you get a bit of that color blurring towards the edges and like it was like oh that's just a stylistic thing in Vermeer's paintings and it's like no actually it's like that because he was looking at everything through a lens (laughs) um and he just reproduced all of the imperfections of that oh man so good Um, so so, uh, just like sticking with uh, with college i guess like did games play a a part in that you know is a chance to go and reinvent yourself essentially like did you bring games with you did you find other people to play games with um not really call it like the 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 thing that ended up being a, a bummer about the program that i was in was that it was even though it was such a like scattershot program it was actually the most demanding program in the college um i would go home and be doing homework until two in the morning every night and then would have to get up at six to take the bus to get to school on time um, it was, that sounds pretty brutal. It was rough. Um, it was rough and there was a lot of like, eventually when, when we were in third year and we got our own homeroom, we were all there until, until like they had to close the school and they were like, no, you security are closing the doors. You need to leave. Um, so there wasn't as much time for like games and stuff as, as I wanted to. Like when, when we would get together, it was mostly just like, you know, like kind of loose, social hanging out and stuff um but whatever time i ended up playing less games during that time but consuming a lot more like games media stuff um like uh, like websites and things and podcasts and stuff i guess yeah so that's like i i i ended up getting even more into games i think than i already was through that than actual actually like playing them which was um kind of interesting i guess no no it is like i i think um absolutely like i i wouldn't be i wouldn't be doing this show certainly if it wasn't for discovering like internet forums when i was about 18 and yeah. like i i always loved video games but then finding this group of people who are if not you know as enthusiastic more enthusiastic about them that kind of that changed my life like it genuinely did change my life and you know, right that, yeah that, that has led to like uh, i haven't really played as much as certainly now i don't play as much as i, I used to but i'm still kind of in that world i know people who work in games and you know mm-hmm. it, it's hard not to be as as interested and fascinated by them yeah um i mean it's definitely shifted like i play a lot of games now but, <laughs> um so was that like once you were done you were like right this is it i've got like a backlog of everything i need to play and i've got a long summer this is this is what i do not 
No, I think I pretty much, I think I, I, I was okay, like, abandoning the stuff of, like, I'm never going to get around to playing this. Okay. So I just, like, picked That's up. It's probably and, for the best. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad about sticking to, to backlogs. Um, so I don't think that's something that I ever, I ever would have been able to, to do, uh, regardless, but. So how did you um, make that, that, that leap into, into games then? Like what was the process? Just gradually doing um, contracts and then you know, making yourself known, I suppose. It's it's kind of that. What ended up happening was uh, around when I was when I was in college. By then, I had a pretty solid I, I had a pretty solid idea of I want to work in games and I want to make art for games, but I don't know what really. Um, and at the time, I. I'd never really been into any like internet communities whatsoever. Like I, like I, I never had like a place I called home, like people, yeah. you know, call like NeoGAF home or something, or they did maybe not anymore. <laughs> um, uh, until giant bomb rolled around. Um, because I had like one of like the main media that I consumed when I was, when I was like a teen and stuff was, was like that era of GameSpot. Um, like the, the the Jeff Gerson, Brian Davis, Rich Gallup era, um, but I mostly just watched their videos, and that was it. And yeah. then the whole, um, the the whole like Jeff getting fired events happened, and then Giant Bomb formed, and I signed up for the site and got into the forums there in a way that I didn't anywhere else. And I made like a really tight group of friends there that just kind of kept me going in that community until I started doing and posting a lot of like either just unrelated art or giant bomb art and stuff in the forums. And I kind of became like one of the de facto, like pop, like personalities of the forums, I guess of like, Oh, they're the artist. Um, Oh, that's cool. And there was a thread I posted in, I can't remember why, but, um, uh, Adam Boys ended up seeing it at the time. Who's now a former PlayStation VP or something like that. Now works at Iron Galaxy. Okay. Um, he was on the forums and saw one of the things that I did, and then contacted me on the site through like PMs and was like, "Hey, he was starting a new company at the time, and he was like, I need some promotional images or whatever. Would you be able? Would you be able to do those for me?" I was like, "I'm sure. Okay. Yes, person in the games industry, I will absolutely <laughs> do a thing for you." Um, that's amazing and at the time i was i was doing like some freelance stuff but it was mostly like people reaching out to me and then being like i have a i i have a character for my anime role-playing community can you draw them i was like yeah okay um he's like the first games industry person actually reached out to me i was like yes let's do this thing and then I, i i did and that was cool um and i remember one of the last skype call that we had um to, to talk over like business stuff, he, I, I asked him, I was like, Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? He was like, what? And I was like, I, if you had one piece of advice, like for me specifically to relating to like getting a, a job in the industry, what would you, what would you tell me? And he told me to figure out what I wanted to do specifically, because if I wanted to work in like games and like now I understand at the time he meant like, you know, like big industry, triple A stuff. Yeah. Um, it was find a discipline that you enjoy and then apply for that, like apply for being a 3d artist to apply for being a texture artist or whatever, apply for being a, a level designer and so on. 
Um, like you can't just go into you can't go to Ubisoft and be like, I do a little bit of everything because they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna have a place for you. Um, that's not how those those companies are structured. Yeah. So that's the mindset that I and this this happened like I think in my second year of college. So that's the mindset that I went in with, um, and I think in the early the early third year of college, um, we had a project that was find someone who do some do some searching and find someone who has a position at a company that you want to work for or someone find someone that is at a company that you want to work for in the position that you want to work in and then interview them okay um, and it was a team project so my team ended up talking to a 3d artist at idos montreal um and we we interviewed him about like how we got is how he got his job like what's his job like and you know what does he think of it and all that stuff and he equated the work that he did to being a mercenary basically <laughs> where unexpected analogy well like his his reasoning for it was that it's like we don't have you you can't you don't have any emotional attachment to the project you can't have any emotional attachment to the project when you are working at a company like idos or ubisoft because there are so many people above you that are making decisions that trickle down and affect the the work that you're doing that if you get super attached to to the work that you're doing someone is going to come up to you and be like this has to change because focus testing said that it had to change and you can't argue against it because you have like a huge chain of command to argue against that that's going to happen um so you just kind of have to like roll over and accept that all right well this is changing now um so that and that sounds like it would have put you off that would have put that would have put me off and then on top of that it was also like we don't have any like allegiance to the companies that we work for like he was like i've worked at ubisoft and uh uh like um game loft and like a bunch of other like companies around montreal and stuff and now i work here and all of the other artists have also kind of did time at other companies like a project finishes and then you move on and you either move on to a new project within that company or you move on to another company because you're looking for something different it's like oh all of this sucks <laughs> like this, none of this sounds like something i want to do like i like i want to work on on games but be like emotionally invested in them like i want i want i don't want people to to play a game that i'm making and be like not be not be able to see the stuff that i did right because yeah. like those games are they're they're incredible in their own way but they are like the product of several hundreds of people working together um and but at the time i hadn't really figured out what i hadn't really figured out that that's what like the indie scene was because it was also really nascent at the time um like like xbox live arcade like their summer of arcade program had just started around then like that was it was still like like the indie scene was still a really new thing yeah it was just about to sort of come to life essentially yeah um and so we we did that project and i was like oh geez that's just crushed all your dreams yeah i was like that's rough i don't know what to think now like like what do i do i don't want to work for a company that's like that but like what's the what's the alternative um and through through paid just like through consuming like media and stuff like eventually it was like oh okay there's like a scene of like smaller games that are being made by 
teams of like people that are really passionate about the stuff that they that they want to make and like they're not super huge budget games but they're still neat and interesting and different and that that is cool that sounds like something i would want to be a part of but our college program is so focused on getting us into like a you know a, a job with benefits and like submitting like portfolios and or like proper portfolios and like binders and all of that and I, I, I don't know. There was something about just like the the vibe of all of that that I was like, this isn't this doesn't fit right with me. We had a project to like design business cards and everyone did like the super professional business cards or whatever. And I just did a character. It looked like a fake character sheet for mine. So it's like, I don't I don't care. I don't want to have to I don't ever have to be I want to be in a position where my business card cannot have a job title on it. And that's what I have now. And that's pretty cool. It's just my name and my email address because it's like if I'm giving this to you, you know what I do and you want to get in touch with me. That's it. Yeah. Um, you're you're a person as opposed to a role, you know? Yeah, you're, exactly. They're coming to you for specific things about you, not just necessarily you can draw or, you know, you can design a level or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a brief aside uh, for a second and just to do some relatively quick fire questions. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Erica, if you had to play a game with death for your own mortal soul, what game are you best at? What game am I best at? Yes. Like uh, Bogus Journey, Seventh Steel style. Play a game for your soul. What do you play? Uh. Either SOCOM 2 or Tony Hawk's Underground. SOCOM 2? What a yeah, weird so, call. SOCOM 2 is the other one that I I probably spent well over 500 hours in that game. Multiplayer. That Was was that a PlayStation 2 online game as well? Yep. Yeah, crazy. Like Honestly, the, 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 the whole idea of having a PlayStation 2 online just seems so mythical to me. I'd never met a single person in my life who had access to it. It was crazy. Uh, we got broadband in our house specifically so we could go online with the PS2, and it was the, it was a real good time. So good because I did like around that same time I had a Dreamcast as well, and you could play. I distinctly remember playing stuff like Fantasy Star Online over like 56k modem, and it just mm-hmm. seemed magical to me. But I, I don't know why for for then to think the PlayStation Two was just oh no that doesn't work like that. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, okay. Uh, has there like are you a particularly competitive player ever been locked in a particularly memorable high score battle um not i'm i can get pretty competitive when it comes to like multiplayer games i don't think i've ever gotten into like a leaderboard battle with with friends really over uh mm, that's not true i got kind of competitive with uh amplitude the the recent like PS4 one I guess oh um, you're hitting all of the my favorite games like that <laughs> amplitude is and fre- frequency and amplitude on the PlayStation Two are like some of my favorite games ever and also the games that I I am most competitive about yeah uh, yeah I'm I'm also like super I'm very 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 into actually no now that I think about it now that I am thinking about it no I totally I did get locked to high score battles with friends all the time because i'm also super into rhythm games and it's the best uh, genre yes um and i would uh until i did not have the time to commit to it anymore i would get into uh pretty intense score fights with my friends on like um on in the groove and then later pump it up um which are like ddr knockoffs i guess yeah yeah. um oh man 
I'm going to have to add you on PlayStation just purely to check out your amplitude <laughs> scores um, because I've not been. I actually picked a place like playing it again the other day because I've still I've never done a full like three gold bar playthrough of like on super difficulty, um, which I think this is like the last achievement I need to get, and I can't do it. It's too hard. It's yeah. It's the the thing that the thing that sucks with that game that I realized is that I got to I started playing on the old amplitude control scheme. Um, and that gets too tough to do some of the, maybe it's just because I don't have the dexterity for it anymore, but like it gets too tough to do some of the patterns that they have of like using L1, R1, R2. Um, it would be a lot smarter to switch to the rock band blitz scheme because it has, uh, it has like crossover buttons. So you can hit like two buttons to actually do the same note. Um, but yeah. So good. Okay. Um, has there, Actually, yeah, we'll do this one first. If you are if you're prone to such things, uh, what is your worst rage quit? Um, I used to get pretty mad at Modern Warfare 2 when I played that online. Um, but that game is broken, so it's justified. Um, How is it broken? It's broken in that, like, at the time that I was playing it, at least, it was, like, the most unbalanced thing ever because, like, it, like that was when they were experimenting with all, like, the different like attachments for for guns and stuff so it was like if you equipped a grenade launcher onto your assault rifle and then added the added the perk that made it so that your grenades had uh an increased blast radius yes yes, yes. you could basically just shoot people from across the map and the yeah. explosion was so massive that you didn't have to aim it would just kill them regardless that was that was um, my some of my favorite matches that, that was the last modern warfare game i played but i have a lot of fun memories of it the, oh, the, the noob tube yeah, it was it. it was it was like fun if you had a good game of those, but if you were on the receiving end of it, it was miserable. <laughs> um, um, so no broken controllers or anything, just a lot of pent up anger. No, I broke a controller playing Need for Speed Underground um, because the last race of that game is like a seven lap race or something, and I crashed on the last corner and lost, and I threw my controller at the ground and it broke. But that's the only time that's I'm happy that that's the only time I've ever broken a controller. Instant regret yeah um do, do you have a game that's like your uh your sort of chicken soup game a game you go to for comfort uh res which is also my favorite game um that's that's a game that i'll just like i'm feeling really anxious or i i'm feeling really depressed or i just have some other things going on that i need to like kind of escape from i'll i'll throw on res and just do a full playthrough of either the first four levels or area five or like do the beyond mode again. And that's, yeah, that's kind of just like my, my cool down zone out game. Yeah. It never gets old. Like I think I've probably bought nope. that game on more devices than any other game. I think I've owned about I, four different copies of it across various consoles. I, yeah, I own every, I own every release of it except for the dreamcast one. Cause that's, it's really expensive. Yeah. Um, I've, did you know, I've still not played the, the latest version, so I don't know. I've never tried Area X because I don't have PSVR, and I feel like that's not it's not worth it, I guess, unless I've got that. I mean, it's out on it's out on Steam now, and it's compatible with Steam VR. Um, I actually bought a PSVR just so I could play Area X because I'm that like it's that important to me. And um, is that does that is it as good as like I've got a few friends that have it and say it's like a proper transformative experience. It's it's really special um i'd say even more so on on the on steam vr because you can 
you can super sample that game on PC, so everything looks unbelievably crisp and nice. Um, but even even on PSVR, like it's it's um, it's an experience in the same way that like the the original game was like the first time you would play through it. Yeah, I mean, I got like I don't think I've ever replicated that feeling of playing Res for the first time. It was just like unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. And, yeah, like it was really, really quite profound. Um, and I've never the one thing I've always wanted to try is the the trans vibrator vest, but I've never never got a chance. You know the kind I, of it was like a PS2 plug-in you could get, and it was like yeah, a vest you put on. Like the, uh, no, the the trans fiber originally was like the it was just like a weird puck or whatever that was like a square block that you plugged in. I think. Oh no, wasn't uh, there? There was a vest. I'm sure there was a vest that you sort of the, put on, and your whole body would vibrate. I think the vest was that was a thing that they did for that was for the re-release of uh, Res Infinite, and it was like a project that they did with some school in Tokyo or whatever. It was like a suit. Yeah, that was the full that. suit. They would, yeah, they would bring that to game shows or something, but um, I don't think that's actually like a commercial thing, unfortunately. But oh, but that, I I wish I could try that. Oh no, that's it is a, just a little puck. That's weird. Yeah, the, the original was... Transfiber is is just like a little block thing. What am I thinking of? You're 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 thinking of the suit that they made, but that was that was a thing for when they were showing Res Infinite uh, yeah. originally when they were bringing that to trade shows and stuff. They were like, we also have this suit that we did with a university in Tokyo. I remember actually it was quite cool on the the 360. You could hook up various extra controllers and just sort of place them around your body. That was their their way of kind of recreating the sort of trans vibrator effect. <laughs> so you like put some on your shoulders and behind your neck and stuff. So the whole your whole body would uh, vibrate with it. It's so good. Um, okay. Uh, has there ever been a game that's kind of uh, consumed your life to the point where you've had to uninstall it and move on? World of Warcraft. It's a common, that... common theme. Yeah. I, there's I, there's many other games that have consumed me in, in various ways, but World of Warcraft was, was one that was like a problem. Um, I... I there was there's like a year of my life that that was all I did in day in day out and that was like a really that was a pretty dark period of my life also but um like I, was, I'm curious about that like how did that um like I've spoken to various people who've had sort of similar sort of uh, very intense relationships with World of Warcraft uh, and like it varies from person to person some people will say, yeah, I played it for thousands of hours and I lost a year of my life to it, but it was the best, so it's, mm. it's not time wasted. Like One of the reasons I've, I've never played it because I know that I would I would succumb to it quite easily and I know that I don't think I could deal with the guilt afterwards, you know? I wouldn't be able to feel that kind of happiness of, oh, that was well, time well spent. I'd be like, no, that was a, what a waste. Yeah. Um, I don't... I don't know how I feel about my time with the game because I had I formed a lot of friendships with it. I I ended up dating someone that I met through that game, um, but ultimately, like it, the the reason that I got super into that game and why I lost like a lot of like a pretty significant chunk of my life to it was because I was like in a in like probably my first real um, just like bout of really serious depression and that was that game was like an escape and it was an escape it was an escape in a way that like no other game was yeah absolutely before um 
Like, so that's kind of, oh. I don't know, I, it seems weird to frame it like this, but that, that sounds kind of relatively positive. It it was, I don't, I I think ultimately, like, I mean, ultimately it's fine. Like I got out of it, but yeah, well, I got out of that slump, not counting any of the other ones that would follow afterwards. But, um, but do you think that's maybe like you're escaping it rather than dealing with it or, or like, or at least kind of acknowledging what it is kind of thing? Yeah, that's the thing. It's at the time. I don't think, I don't think anything was really being dealt with or acknowledged or, or anything. It was just that this is this is a distraction and I have now done this long enough where it's no longer something I am thinking about, but yeah. all I am thinking about is, is world of Warcraft now. And, but I got like, I had to stop because eventually it got to a point where it was like, I don't, I like, I didn't graduate high school because I was missing credits on a thing. And so I didn't have my diploma and I needed to go sort that out. I didn't have a job. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't seeing my friends, like my actual in-person friends as much. And I was like, okay, this has to stop. Um, well, I'm glad that, I'm glad that you got here that. Um, yeah. On a, let, let's, let's move it to something slightly lighter. <laughs> uh, given the kind of range of emotions video games are able to offer, I find uh, comedy is still one of the rarest. So what games have really made you laugh? Hmm. Uh, the, I mean, probably the, the like, like the, the the obvious ones, like you know, like Portal and stuff. But I don't know. I there are probably a whole bunch that I could say that like there's not many that are unfortunately coming to to mind right now. It's kind of like a weird haze of different games. Like I, even though it's not like the most even though it's not like a comedy game, I think I laughed a lot at Titanfall 2. Oh, really? Because there's there's so much in that game that is like ridiculous. Like the the 50% in love line made me laugh in a way that I hadn't <laughs> laughed at a video game in a very long time. But then also that game has a button prompt that says press X to time travel. How am I not supposed to laugh out loud at that? <laughs> like, um, oh, man, that, that, that's peak brilliant video games to me. Like I want every game to have press X to time travel. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's it's what like, video games are for. It's like, oh my god, this is actually the best. <laughs> they have done it. They have made, like, you've condensed, like, the promise and of video games into a single just button prompt. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so, so, like, how did you kind of start to sort of find your, your feet in the kind of indie game community? Was it just a case of, of going out and, and meeting people and trying to sort of build relationships? Um, it's, it's a beard. It's a bit weirder, I think, than, well, it's a bit more accidental, accidental than that, I think. So what ended up happening was actually that, um, in college, in our last, in our third year of college, we ended up setting up the, the program, set up a website for all of the students in the program. Um, that was like a general portfolio site. So, uh, we had we would pick all of our favorite pieces from our time in the program and we would put that up on the website and that was a place where people who were looking to hire artists could just go and be like here's a pool of soon to be freshly graduated students um, that you can pick from and That's my friend nice. and I yeah um, and my friend and I ended up getting an email from uh, a team of 
former Ubisoft developers who are like, hey, we're starting an indie company and we're looking to hire some artists. Would you be interested? And we were like, well, okay, sure. And we went to interview with them and it went really well. And we ended up getting the, we ended up getting the job before we had even graduated, which was like really intense. That's crazy, um, and as we understood it, it's like particularly rare for, um, for, I guess the luck of finding, finding an art job once you get out of art school. Um, and we ended up working there for about a year and a half and, the team was a part of a it like we were working on like a mobile free to play RPG for phones or whatever it ended up it came out but it ended up not doing all that well so like surprise um, <laughs> um, but that that team that game and that team were a we were a part of um, a incub- incubator program here in Montreal and through being a part of that we made a lot of uh, just various contacts in in like the indie scene here because um, we all worked in a shared office that had a bunch of other teams and um, like one of the other teams that worked there was was uh, was Kid Fox and I would end up like making Trouted Isle with them um, still like that game is so beautiful like it really is <laughs> thank you um it's so like I, I, specifically about that game. Actually, I, I wanted to ask a question because it's such yeah. a a vivid kind of art style, like the kind of color, the colors and stuff. It's it's so evocative. Like, was there? Where did that come from? Where did that idea come from? Because it's quite a bold choice. Um, I wish I had a more inspired answer for it. the 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 truth is that that the original the prototype for that game was a thing that we made for a game jam and. Um, I, uh, Jung Woo, the programmer, um, him and I have done a bunch of game jams before together. And the problem that we always ran into was we end up getting so laser focused on like the execution of the game and like the polish of it that we generally end up forgetting to have an end or just like flesh out the mechanics beyond Here's the one thing that you do. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to fall trap with that with the art. So I of just like, I'm going to endlessly refine this art until, oops, there's no time left. Um, so I, before we even started brainstorming, I told myself, I'm going to stick two colors and I don't know what they are, but I'm only going to stick two colors for this thing. Um, and when we started brainstorming, we came up with this idea of like, okay, well, it'll be, uh, you play as like the leader of a cult and it's going to be kind of dark. And, um, I, in my head, mostly because I was playing Bloodborne at the time, um, I just kind of like imagine this super dark, like Lovecraftian Victorian grimy look. Um, and I had done a painting recently that came to like just a thing that I did for personal practice that came to mind. And also I only used two colors for that. It was the, the blue and yellow that I used for, for shadow dial. And I was like, maybe I'll try these colors. And then I did. And it's just, I was like, Oh, this looks like visually aggressive in a way that I think fits the tone of the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, so that, like that, it, that is a good story. That is a good story because it is, it's born out of practicality and yet you have this really vivid evocative art style. That's good. 
I mean, that, that's like that's why to me, I'm just like I wish it more. It was more interesting than it was like I was trying to save time because <laughs> like like only having two colors and being really loose and scratchy with the art meant that I could make more. I could make everything super fast, and it was like the characters don't have eyes because you know, like part of the reason is because if they don't have eyes, they look less human. You can't connect with them. Like you can't look into their eyes and see like a person. Um, so there's like kind of a disconnect that happens there that I think is interesting. But then on top of that, not having eyes means that you don't identify them as a person and therefore we can reuse and that portrait multiple times and it won't seem as familiar because <laughs> you're, you're not, um, See, that's, 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 like everything is like a time saving measure in that game. <laughs> but that, that's great though. That's like classic kind of, um, video game stuff like I don't know if this is like an apocryphal story but the the whole idea the whole reason Super Mario is a plumber is because they needed a way to differentiate arms and legs so they gave him dungarees yeah. and hats because you know the hair was too difficult to do um, like that, that, that's that's perfect like I love that I love that story yeah I I get yeah I guess that's 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 how that that happened but um, um so, so so where where are you now? Like, what are you working on currently? Or like, are you kind of still doing more freelance stuff? Or do you have like a, a base? Um, so now, uh, now I'm working on some things that I'm not sure if I can talk about. Okay, yet. that's exciting. Um, but other than that, I'm mostly just doing freelance art now. So earlier this year, I, um, I was working at uh, Cardboard Utopia for about two and a half years and we just released um children of zodiacs on pc and ps4 yes 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 oh that, um, that looks great that's like a kind of uh sort of final fa- fantasy tactics style game yeah. yeah um and once once that came out i i i wanted to just take a break and i think reevaluate what i wanted to do yeah um so i i left and went freelance and now i'm i've pretty much been sticking with that um i do a lot of um, I mostly focus on like Patreon, um, stuff. Uh, so I do a lot of just like personal art that for the people who support me there, um, a lot of like print work, a lot of freelance art for either websites or just people who contact me and stuff. So that sounds good. Um, um I'm going to, I just wanted to sort, of, to sort of catch up on the video game stuff, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. are there any games from the past kind of, I don't know, seven or eight years that kind of stand out, uh, to you as being particularly formative for for whatever reason mm-hmm. i appreciate that's quite a broad question but still yeah that's that's a or that's a pretty wide net to cast but i think the the one that might well that might come back to me the most i think is like mass effect okay specifically that like um i think a lot of i don't think a lot of the like sci-fi art that i do is influenced necessarily from those games but the like motivation that i got to even do that in the first place came a lot from those games yeah um when i was in when i was in college they tried to teach us uh doing concept art and i hated it um because concept art is 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 like how can you paint a scene that someone will be able to use as reference for a thing as fast as possible. Um, and I really didn't like doing that. I liked spending time on, on my art. And then also like a lot of the tech, the techniques that they were teaching us was like, go to Google images and then 
search for whatever you're thinking of and then just copy and paste that into your painting and paint over it. I was like, that's super wrong to do. <laughs> you're just like painting over other people's work. That's that sucks. Modern day Vermeer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I ended up like just being like, no, concept art is not for me. I hate this. Um, but there's something about like Mass Effect's aesthetic that I think is just like so unique i guess in a way like it's 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 obviously very inspired by like just like star trek and other yeah. like like sci-fi series of of like the, the 80s and 90s but um it has its own it eventually formed into like its own look i think and it was one that i really wanted to just try and evoke in some way especially how they do like scale um like the citadel is this absolutely massive construct in space. And I think the idea of that is so cool and being able to see something like that is so cool. And, um, and now I do a lot of like, I do a lot of sci-fi and concept and concept art because that was a thing that I wanted to try and do and like eventually just practiced it until I was able to do it properly. Amazing. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't I don't know. Like I don't take uh, I don't really take influence from like specific things or just like artists or games in general. Like I tend to be more inspired by just I guess like trends or things that I see the things that I'll just like pick up in yeah. doing like online research and stuff. Like I I don't There's it, no... it doesn't have to necessarily even be like inspirational just like games that have maybe just shifted your understanding of what a game is or like how you approach certain games or I don't know. Mm. Again, that's not that's no help. That's that's even broader in yeah, fact. Yeah, I I mean that that is that's a legitimately interesting question. It's just I think it would require more thought than I'm able to give on the spot because I have no doubt that there's like there's definitely a lot of indie games and stuff that I think have given that to me of just like, Oh, this is, I think gone home might actually be one of those where it was like, that was, I mean, I feel like that's one for a lot of people, but it was Absolutely. like, Oh, you can, you can do this. You can do a game that is just, I walk around this thing and I'm told a story and that's it. And I think that's, that's, really really i mean that's really good and it's also it was like that game was super important for the medium because i think that's something that i'm genuinely interested in doing also like i like the idea of telling someone a story about some really interesting characters and and then just having that be that like there's no skill challenge to it or anything um like it's i could understand why people could make the argument of like well, this could just be a movie or whatever, but like that's that's kind of missing the point. Like, yeah, I think Gone Home especially is such a great example of like they they hit a real sweet spot with that game where just everything works. Like, yeah, just the the the, the way I, I guess the kind of like the false expectations as well. The idea that it sets itself up almost like a horror film or like a horror game, and so you have these kind mm. of elements in the kind of in in the world so to speak that kind of trying to figure out what's happening is the game you know in in a way um yeah it's so good and and on top of that like i think a lot of 
a lot of the the like immersion in that game comes from just like poking around at the environment right and like finding like old vhs types and stuff and it's like oh here's this weird magazine or i'm going to open this locker and see a bunch of stuff that's like super evocative of that era and um and that's that's something that you can't get as you can get that in a movie like i mean i just finished watching stranger things too and that's like that might as well be eight or nine episodes of them just constantly shoving like remember this thing from the 80s in your face constantly um and like movies can do that like you can see like a poster in the background and be like oh yeah it's this thing but there's like a being able to just like directly do that in a game i like makes you feel so much more attached to just that absolutely world um and like, yeah, you totally could tell the stories in a movie, but like there are things that you wouldn't be able to do that you can do in, in a game. And then on top of that, like, I think it's, I don't think it's unfair of an argument to say that like, it's okay for this to be told in this medium, even if it's not like it couldn't be, it could be told more efficiently in some other medium Absolutely. or something. Absolutely. Like I really, like I connect with games more than anything else. Why? Like I, it should be okay for me to make or enjoy stories that are like yeah. this as a game because you could say just... to every film like oh this could just be a book like, they yeah could just exa- do this as exactly a book. right like, so of course also... they could yeah but they, they don't um yeah that's that's uh, you you could make that argument about everything yeah um, um well well I, I i i feel like we've covered all sorts of good stuff here um but if there's anything like can you think of anything that kind of hasn't come up that you wanted to mention I don't No, I don't no. really think so. I haven't gotten to talk about Dota 2, which is actually like kind of a relief, honestly. <laughs> um there's no there's no oppor- there's no time where I got to say like oh fucking Dota. But um <laughs> that, that I mean it's weird like the Dota obviously does come up quite a lot on the show because it's kind of for certain people that's that's all they've been playing for the past 2 years or something. And yeah. It's always said in those tones as well like oh fucking Dota. <laughs> like i but it, yeah. you know like i've played it for thousands of hours i clearly get a lot of pleasure out of it but also for fuck that game <laughs> I, that's the thing is i haven't played that game for thousands of hours but i have been around so many people that have and i like i've fallen off of playing it but i still follow the competitive scene like super 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 closely um so i'm still just like I'm still just like th- like thrust in it now and like still just like I'm just gonna just go on YouTube and open some videos of people playing through the new patch and I like that though like I, I I think I have that with um with Hearthstone like that's I I don't play as much as I used to but I still I'm still fully aware of what the meta is at the moment because yeah I watch a lot of people playing it I find it a, a, one of the most enjoyable games to kind of watch people play um and I think I probably would with Dota as well if I had more of a, a grasp. <coughs> Excuse me, more of a grasp of like the mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, my computer doesn't won't run it uh, well enough <laughs> for me to play it. So I've never fallen down that particular rabbit hole. Saved, saved. Um, well, I guess like let people um, if you, if you want people to sort of find your stuff online, like where's the best place to find your things or support you on Patreon if they'd like to do that. Yeah, if you want to find me on the internet, I mostly live on Twitter, and that's twitter.com slash, or at Orahack, I guess. Um, A-U-R-A-H-A-C-K. Uh, I am on patreon.com slash Orahack, and if you support me there, every week you get a cool 
zip file full of art stuff that I do throughout the week. Um, and then I have all like a bunch of other bonuses there, like Patreon exclusive prints and all that. Um, I sell prints and merch and stuff at aura makes prints.fyi. And it's a good URL. Uh, and my general portfolio slash art website thing can be found at tighten up the dot graphics, which is my that favorite. Is really good. That is really good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really happy that when they opened, they re- they released like they were like, hey, we're adding a bunch of dumb new top level domains, and one of them is dot graphics. I signed up for that immediately, and I was really <laughs> happy that I was able to get it because every now and then I'll get someone who's like, ah, that is very it's good. That joke, ah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, cool. I I feel like Orhack is that seems specific to something. Is there a story behind that? I, t- I told this to I told this to uh, my friend Kate yesterday at dinner because she asked me the exact same question. Um, it's uh, I feel like I've said this maybe like three or four times now, but it's actually like deceptively a lot less interesting than you think it would be. But um, it was actually during SOCOM two. My original username in SOCOM two was noodles with zeros for the O's underscore G four. <laughs> that is good. And I was like, this sucks. I want to change it. And at the time, I had just started playing through the first dot .hack game. Okay. And there's a character in that game called Aura, which I kind of liked. So that's how that... I was like, okay, well, I'm going to combine these two things and Aura hack. Um, and then the joke ended up... The joke is is that I ended up uh, kind of falling off of dot .hack because I'm not actually... I, I ended up not being super a fan of that game. Um <laughs> which makes it really weird whenever someone sees my username and recognizes, like, oh my God, are you a fan of Doc Hack? Doc Hack? And I have to be like, ah, no, not actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh man, that is, well, no, that is, I was thoroughly entertained by that story at this point. That's good. <laughs> um, well, cool. That was, that was super fun. Was that okay for you? Was that enjoyable? Yeah. Perfect. It's a good chat. Yo, my method for my musical madness Move and motivate those with musical talents Uh, read it in bold print, we holding it down Lick a shot, hip-hop, when we in your town Uh, master blast the sound Creep the future, far from here and now We'll stop, release and creep the peace Uh, bubble with the beat, they feeling the heat in the streets Now each one, teach one, each one Young gun on one, listen to the warrior's drum Beating up the block with the ghetto hop to knock And make you wanna crash the spot and the lock explode The alpha and the mega cold With drum rolls and old soul We uphold and foretold to scores of six years ago Fast flow from G-Rap to cool mode Super syllable, major to the minimal Every individual bounce to the temple, yo Lungs collapsing, rats be trapped in The only way to make it happen, jaw jabbing fast Yo, I'm the hot dog, the runner, hottest monologue Install, poetic inserts and yes, y'all My speech is like holding two blocks A piece to outreach that rock police The super Avenger man for something if it just women rewrite the Emmy when they get hype off any printer and I came to get it, hit it like Operation Push, operate the touch black octopus the soul, and in a terror trying to patrol a planet my goal and lo and behold it's the rubber dock, ready to rock rock it don't stop hops, I knock like the lumberjack chop chop, the worst man for writing block letters, a curse, a curse for circus serve the surface, and watch how the brother get over, the fly casting over with the frankincense odor